So I'm here with Bush Patrick. He's an American actor and musician. Beginning his professional acting career at the age of seven, Patrick is perhaps best known for his role as child werewolf Eddie Monster on the CBS comedy television series, The Monsters. How are you doing today, Mr. Patrick? I'm doing just fine. How are you, Ryan? I'm excellent. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. So um, I know you grew up in California, like I guess the Redondo Beach area. Can you talk about like growing up in California? Well, well, it was a green. I was born in 1953, and I was actually born in a city called Inglewood as a, you know, as a, as an infant. And then um, the South Bay area, which consists of the beaches Manhattan, Redondo, Hermosa, but uh, Gardena and Torrance were my actual uh, where I went to school and stuff. I just spent a lot of time at the beach because it was a lot nicer. But yeah, I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed my childhood. We had a little bit of the 50s and grew up in the 60s with, you know, great music, great great times. I I couldn't have asked for a better childhood. And I guess um, you got into acting because of your sister. Like, you know, uh, you went on a photo shoot with her and uh, you ended up getting getting a job. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how I wound up. I only worked in the business 15 years, but for some reason, I did a couple of shows that in that period have stuck around for the long haul as far as like TV icons and stuff. And what happened, my little sister was the target of the camera shoot. I went along for a ride. I was only six years old at the time. So mom didn't leave me at home. And when he was done shooting my sister, his name was Amos Carr. And the key to this was he was like the number one kid photographer in Hollywood. So he took a lot, you know, kind of liked the look that I had. And he says, do you mind if I take a couple pictures of your son for my own files? And uh, my mom said, sure. And he took one of the pictures and put it in a window. Uh, he, had a, he had a studio right on Hollywood Boulevard. And uh, a producer and a director, Randy Hood and George W. George, I guess, were walking down the street and they were casting a movie. And they still hadn't found the, uh, the youngest brother and the youngest son of Eddie Albert. So they saw this picture and they liked the look. And they thought, well, hey, you know, we'd like to talk to him. And they, they, they asked him and he explained to them that I wasn't an actor. I was just a regular kid that he took a photo of. And they go, well, we still would like to reach out to him. One thing led to another. They tracked me down. I went on an interview. They liked me. They hired me. They gave me my first job. And it was six-week work, six weeks of work with a really good little movie with Jane Wyatt and Eddie Albert and uh, Brenda Lee and Soupy Sales and Nancy Culp. Uh, and by, by the time I finished that movie, I had picked up General Hospital and a couple commercials, so I just kind of accidentally stumbled into the Hollywood uh, machine, so to speak. And uh, I guess, like, you know, after that, you started being on a lot of, like, the popular uh, television programs of the time, from <laughs> Mr. Ed, you know, uh, The Untouchables, Gunsmoke. Uh, yep. You know, um, you know, what was it like, you know, the experience, like, you know, working on these, like, roles as a child? Were you cognizant of, like, you know, how, like, you know, um, you know, influential these shows would be? Well, I was watching the shows myself, so it was interesting for me to be a fan of a lot of the shows that I was actually going to participate in. That was kind of cool, and I knew that um, eventually the money I was making would come in handy someday to, to be – I wanted to be a race car driver, so some kids wanted to be an astronaut or, or a fireman. I wanted to be a race car driver, so I thought this money would go a long way towards my hopeful career, which never did pan out. But, um, but no, it, it came easy to me, and it was fun, and uh, my mom seemed to like it, and uh, friends seemed to like it. So all in all, it was just one of those temporary things that turned into a semi-career until I was about 20 years old. But um, when you mention a lot of the shows that I did, I did a lot of Westerns, and I enjoyed Westerns, 
because my uncle supplied horses and Western props to the studios and I could ride a horse because my other uncle was a jockey. So I spent a lot of time in Hollywood Park at the racetrack and a lot of time out at the farm and, and the ranch with the horses. So it came in handy that I could ride horses. Wow. And I guess in 1964, you get a, a call from uh, CBS and they want you to come to Studio Center for a screen test. Yeah, not only did they want me to come, they had to fly me in from Illinois. I was living with my grandmother. Um, total, they, first they wanted Bill Moomy and Bill Moomy's mother didn't, uh, didn't like the, the makeup or they decided not to do it because of the makeup uh, ramifications, which was lucky for me. And then uh, they, they hired Happy Derman to do the pilot with Joan Marshall uh, and the network brass saw the, saw the, uh, the pilot and they still wanted the show, but they wanted to change up the mom and the kid. And, um, that's how my agent got them to fly me in, uh, from Illinois. I went directly from the airport to the studio. My mom had moved to Washington DC with my stepdad, the baseball player. So nobody was living in California. And when I got the part, I had to make arrangements to live and get, a, and get someone to take me to work, uh, which we did. So within Four days of leaving Illinois, I was in production of doing the Munsters. Wow. And, uh, like, I guess your, your screen test was with Yvonne DiCarlo. And, like, uh, from there, like, you know, and stuff, everything, you're Eddie Munster, like, from the whole time of the series. So what was it like working on the series? Very unusual, one-of-a-kind show, great people, um, funny, funny. Uh, I love the special effects. I love the makeup. I like the – the cool cars that we had. And of course the house that we lived in was, uh, was an amazing place, but the best part was being at universal studios for a couple of years and being able to, you know, whenever you had free time, you could go explore the, the greatest studio on the planet and see all kinds of neat stuff going on behind the scenes. That was special. Wow. Uh, can you uh, talk about like, you know, some of the sets and stuff or anything, because obviously like, uh, like now, like I think of like Universal Studios, you know, you have the Back to the Future. So obviously those sets weren't there, but like some of the Western sets obviously would have been in place. Well, we had st a Stage 28, if I remember correctly, was the name of it. And it was the Phantom of the Opera soundstage, which was like six stories tall, largest soundstage in Hollywood. And that was uh, only about one soundstage over from Stage 32, where we were. Uh, doing the monsters, so I used to go explore that. I used to go to the McHale's Navy Lagoon. Um, the Alfred Hitchcock, the Psycho House was there. Um, we had Colonial Street, which had a lot of the houses that you would see on TV, like the Leave It to Beaver House and some, you know, some other things like that. But anyway, there was always something going on. But my, my favorite thing to do was to go into a, an empty soundstage, and when they would start construction, building it out trying to guess what kind of movie it was going to be and was it going to be like a period piece medieval castle or was it going to be a western or was it going to be a, a gangster movie or you know i mean you never know because they make the magic and it was it was fun to try to second guess what was happening that's awesome um you were talking a little bit about like you know uh the makeup you know uh how long did it take for you to uh get into character for the role an hour for me uh two hours for fred and everybody else was between an hour and two hours. Wow. Uh, was, what, what was like, you know, uh, like, you know, uh, I, I've read like past interviews where you talked about like you didn't enjoy the shorts. The makeup didn't bother you so bad. Yeah, the, the little, well, you know, you're a kid and you're wearing knee socks and shorts. So it's not, I mean, it was, I got used to it, obviously, but it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't my favorite uh, outfit. I, you know, 
as, as a kid actor, you know, you do period pieces and sometimes you're wearing knickers if it's 1920s. And, you know, you're, I always enjoyed the Westerns because that way you're, you're wearing Levi's and cowboy boots and, you know, dirty shirts and stuff. So you can be a kid, but uh, yeah, the velvet shorts I could have done without. Definitely. Uh, do you have any fond memories of any of the other, uh, uh, cast members, I know, like, you know, a lot of them have gone to pass on, uh, you know, like Yvonne DiCarlo and Al Lewis. Uh, can you talk about, like, you know, what it was like working with them? They were wonderful. They all had kids about my age. They were very kid-friendly. It was a kid-friendly set. The producers had done Leave it to Beaver for six years, so they were very much into writing scripts that were uh, easy for kids to deal with and uh, had a lot of kid motivation and kids' point of views, so that was fun. Um and I learned a lot from them all, different, you know, different types of things from different people. Fred uh, Herman, Fred Gwynn taught me a lot about the acting techniques for our father and son um, scenes and our shows. And Al Lewis taught me, you know, he taught me a lot about uh, life outside the studio. Yvonne DiCarlo was a great TV mom since my family was living in the East Coast. Uh, I was actually closer to the, uh, the studio family for a few years than I was to my own. So it was a... Uh, it came out, you know, it worked, it worked out very well. The people behind the scenes were great. The makeup, the special effects, um, everybody. We had a very, we had a very fun set. And then uh, the show eventually gets canceled. Um, you know, um, I guess like you blame Batman being like the reason for why it was canceled. Well, yeah, that was one. <laughs> <laughs> Batman and the transition between black and white and color. Uh, I think a lot of it also had to do with uh, the scripts were getting a little tired and um, Fred and Al were New Yorkers who had been transplanted to LA. I think they were ready to go back to New York, um, a combination of several things, but all in all, we had a good run. We were very popular. And uh, I mean, let's face it today uh, we're on the air all the time and uh, Batman's not. Yeah. And you, um, you continued though your acting career after the monsters. You had like you know an impressive like you know uh, you know career. You know after the monsters, I guess you started working on uh, Disney World of Colors. Then you did the Young Loner, and then you were a semi regular on uh, My Three Sons. Uh, how was the transition from you know acting because obviously like you wouldn't be necessarily recognizable as Eddie Monster. You think that kind of like you know uh, was a blessing or you know. Well, I've had, I, you know, the, the, the term, you know, typecasting, people use that, but they don't really think it through for my situation because had I been typecast or they were talking about it, that would be as if I was running, you know, walking around Hollywood in velvet shorts with a widow's feet carrying a doll looking for work, which wasn't the case. Uh, so actually being under the makeup was great because you're going, you're 11 and 12, you take the makeup off, you're 13 and 14, you're changing on a, almost on an annual basis. You're getting new pictures taken because at that age, you, you know, you change every six months. So, um, it worked out well for me. I never wanted to be a career actor. I worked till I was like 19, 20 years old. And, uh, I was, uh, happy to, to move on with my life and, um, everything worked out just fine. And I, I guess later on you started a band. You, uh, you had a band in uh, 1983? Well, <laughs> uh, you might say that. Um, what happened in 1972 was uh, it, uh, Butch Patrick had a record career with Metro Media Records. After I did Lidsville, um, some guys at Claridge Music wanted to uh, create another David Cassidy when Bobby Sherman was let go of Metro Media Records. So to replace Bobby Sherman, they groomed me to do uh, – uh, the band that they had was called Sugarloaf, which was a big band with Green Eyed Lady and then Don't Call Us, We'll Call You and 
anyway, there, there was a, it was a solid, solid touring act and they wanted to create a, uh, a teeny bop star. So they picked on me and I told them, I, do, I don't sing. It's not my, it's not what I do. I, I have a terrible singing voice. They, Oh, it doesn't matter. You know, we'll fix it in the studio, which they did. And I went on and did American bandstand, but the bottom line and not being able to perform live, it was difficult to, to do uh, a music tour. So I was original Munster Manili, long before Millie Vanilli was lip singing. I was lip singing my little heart out. Uh, and then in 82, when the MTV came on the air, yes, we did create Eddie and the Monsters for um, rock videos is what we wanted to do. We needed to have a vehicle to show off our rock video talents. And we decided to do Whatever Happened to Eddie, which was a song that I wrote. And um, it actually got a lot of, uh, got a lot of notoriety. We were the first unsigned act ever to be on MTV. So uh, that worked out really well. Um, it was kind of fun and people still remember it today. And it's, uh, I like to think that we helped a lot of unknown talent get their, get their break because up to that time, you really had to have a record deal and you had to have a pay for play situation in place before you could get any exposure. And MTV started the basement tapes from the, uh, from the concept of an unsigned act, for, you know, submitting a, uh, a video. Definitely. And uh, I guess you had, though, like a passion, though, for uh, fast cars, like you were talking about in, in surfing. You know, uh, can you talk about, like, you know, stuff, everything you love for those um, two activities? Well, as growing up in the 60s, you know, best, best year, best decade for music, best decade for muscle cars, best decade for movies and TV. So, I, you know, I, my, my window of being 7 to 17 in the 60s was a, was a great time. You know, literally, I turned 16 in 1969. So, um, what, a, you know, what a year. If you you kind of had to be there to remember it, literally. So, people that weren't there, it's hard to explain. But, yes, I, uh, George Barris, uh, drag racing, going to Georgia's shop, having cool cars. I, I grew up on, you know, go-karts and dirt bikes and mini bikes and all that kind of stuff. And, it was, you know, it was just an extension of my childhood. And as soon as I was old enough to drive and got a cool car and then faster cars and faster cars. And yeah, I like cars and I have a Munster coach and a Dragula and I just bought a, a, an Eddie Munster Harley from a, a club member, brother of mine. I'm a member of a very cool club called Dead Man's Curve out of New Jersey. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having a really good time. I travel, I meet people, I, I deal mostly with automotive events. Uh, right now, I'm in Indianapolis at a convention called Days of the Dead, which is a lot of fun. And I'm here with Richard Dreyfuss and Alice Cooper and uh, Tony Todd and Daniel Harris and just all the who's who of uh, the horror movie genre. I'm right next to Bill Mosley, who Rob Zombie, he's in all Rob Zombie movies. And of course, Rob Zombie is now making the new Munster movie. Right. So I'm getting a lot of exposure because of that. <laughs> right. Uh, like, I've, I've heard about that. Like, uh, I don't think like, there's much details about like, you know, when it'll come out, like, uh, but like it's, it's supposed to be on Universal and Rob Zombie's cast and some of the actors. Uh, is there possible you'll make a cameo in that? Can't tell you. <laughs> okay. You'll have to wait, just For like sure. everybody else, but it's gonna be good. It's, it, he's, he's got a very, very good hold on it and he's got a very good uh concept going so i couldn't be happier for him and for the franchise and the and the monsters and myself so it's all good definitely uh what's next for you butch well um that's interesting i uh i have a youtube channel called coach to coast right now which allows me to travel around the country and interview people and interesting things from the road but i'm switching it up to a new one in august called all things monster which will include interviews with people like um, 
Oh, first, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an expose, number one, obviously, on Rob Zombie because of the Munster movie. He'll be starting it off. And then the George Barris angle because of my Munster coach. Um, Macabre Theater is a uh, show that's been on the air the last 20 years out of California with a uh, – actually, Ivana Cadaver hosts it. We created it together, and I'm coming back in to be her co-host again. It's on YTA Network, Macabre Theater. And um, – and then I've actually got a couple small movie parts coming up. People have been reaching out to me to do independent films, and I, I try to accommodate them whenever possible. I don't, I don't go on auditions again, but I do reach out. Uh, I just finished one called Old Man Jackson in Houston. I have another cameo coming up in a, um, in a movie in Charleston. I'm going to do – if you go to Munsters – the easiest thing to do for your fans and your viewers is to go to Munsters.com. And you can see my schedule. It's very hectic. It's very extensive. And it's actually filled up uh, pretty much through uh, almost to Christmas. Wow, Butch. You know, uh, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And I enjoy your work. And I'll uh, continue, like, you know, uh, supporting watching your films in the future. Thank you. Well, thank you, Ryan. And uh, I'm sorry it was a little difficult to get us together. But, hey, we made it happen. <laughs> Most definitely, Butch. I appreciate you. Bye-bye, my friend. Have a good one.